When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Please tell me if my apple crunching is too much. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it during the recording. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But green apples are good for excellent VO production. That That is true. I'd say let's let's bring up the apple, Will. Bring up the crunch. (laughs) Let me isolate the crunch. That sounds like something a cereal mascot would say. Bring Ooh, up bring the up the crunch. crunch. Bring up the crunch. <laughs> Plug in the good times. Crank Have breakfast crunch. like a voice actor. <laughs> green apple, cr- and feel the green apple crunch mouth cleaning power. Green apple and milk. <laughs> green apple uh, milk. Ugh. Make sure it's cow's milk, not from any other animal. <laughs> Not for, not intended for use with goats. <laughs> Oat milk, eat my ass. <laughs> What's the age demo for this cereal? <laughs> Anything you want it to be, man. <laughs> also, it sounds like fucking like, like it sounds like Bart Simpson fell into a gene splicer with like a like some four legged animals. <laughs> Eat my ass. (laughs) I think that is just like my good impression of Bart is just that. (laughs) Eat my So, we had just banished the Mariner from Nordia by making it so that when he is here, he just keeps aging and aging and aging so rapidly that he can't keep up with it, so he had to retreat from the town. It was a very cool move on on your part and uh, made it so that you didn't die. Um, Let's check in with everybody. (laughs) I, I I don't know, man. Jonathan is. I think he's he's he probably just like drops the Kasari Gamma and like the end that he's holding. He's probably like inspecting the like not like touching, but inspecting the captain for signs of a a sword that was through him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. I don't even know. He doesn't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Uh, Let's turn to Travis. (laughs) Travis, 
you were kind of pinned against this dead body. Like, I think there was that cool image of like your face side by side with this desiccated bog mummy. Uh, it felt like some nasty foreshadowing that you don't want to deal with. I think as the sort of the combination of the bog wine juice and it being like the, the end of a day, um, I think like the, the thing that pinned me to the axle kind of got pushed out of my body and, you know, fell to the floor and my wounds and everything healed. But for the first time, I will be a man at night. I mean, I guess I was for these three days, but this will be the first time Mm -hmm. where this is, this is the first time, the first night of the rest of my life. Wow. Wow. Uh. Yeah, you're sort of feeling that, and there is a hand in front of you. Margaret is reaching out to you. Are you okay? Never better. You? She pulls you up to your feet. I can see myself getting over this. And, uh... (laughs) We'll leave those two. I I want to know, Gable, where are you at? Gable's sword is still sticking out of the bell. Mm. So what they do, they stick their arm out and call it back. Ooh. So it flies back and swishes, and they bring it back in. And what I think happens next is they don't know what to do because they are still in berserker mode and they've got two ships full of people who are seeing them like this for the first time. Oh shit. Yeah. They're they're kind of falling apart a little bit and they don't know how to get control of this mode. That's cool. Let's look into that for a second. Gable, the eyes on your wings are open right now. You are seeing sin. Like, both mortal and mundane around you. You can look at people, like you can look over at Travis and at Margaret and even at Jonnet and know how many people each of them has killed. Uh, how many? How many? How many? <laughs> I gotta write it down. You can also look at someone like Travis, and I think the, the largest thing on Travis, you can see how many lies Travis has told. Oh, hmm. wow. And it's the first time in a long time that you are seeing like this. There is so much information, and I think there are instincts within you that are moving through these different sins and casting judgments as you go. And it is like, I I think there's also a conscious part of Gable's mind that is watching this happen and struggling with it. Before they slip over to one side, the one thing that they're able to say before they go is help. Someone needs to help them. Yeah, I I think that is a clear sort of call to action that 
I think like we, we see those words like kind of echo through the air, but what really happens is the vibrations of that message echo through the threads of your relationship that is now bound on your fingers. Both Jonnet and Travis feel a tugging at their pinkies and they sense intuitively that Gable is in distress. Yeah, Jonnet feels the tug, looks at Gable, and then kind of disregards his, uh, like his, his Sarigama, the captain, and kind of just runs over to Gable. Gable, Gable, listen, listen to my voice. It, it, it's Jonnet. You got to come back to us. Travis looks to Margaret and says, uh, I hope you don't mind, but I have to go take care of something. Um, Margaret, like, I I think also senses the immediacy of this situation because she is currently attached to all of these relationships and just pushes you towards the problem. Go, go. (laughs) This is not time to be glib. (laughs) Yeah. So when Travis gets there, okay, that's enough. That's quite enough. We're all very impressed. (laughs) <laughs> John it turns to Travis what are you talking about we have to help them Travis I feel part of me feels like the bickering of the two <laughs> would bring <laughs> Gable back but I was like I don't I don't I don't, I don't yeah know. like they see like in between all of like their the kind of screen blindness of all the sin they see like a little scrumble right down here of just like two little bugs just yelling at each other <laughs> John, Wait, not that? not every fight is a sword fight, and not every sword fight is a fight. <laughs> I don't know what that means, and that you keep saying it. And and I, that's so, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, I, I, look, I. I, I, I heard you. I heard you the first time that you said that your opponent's big weakness is themselves. And I think I understand that. But I don't know what you keep saying more things. And I keep trying to make them make sense. But they, it's harder to do that. So I pulled the luminary uh, to determine the nature of this challenge uh, that, like, Gable threatening to lose themselves to this rage and this this moment and i pulled the river which is there is a risk but an equally great reward can be claimed if that risk is taken i think to fix this someone needs to do something risky It might need to be oh, Gable. Yeah. I have an idea. Go There's for it. There's something that everyone else has done that I haven't done. I haven't made a sacrifice to a luminary yet. Oh. Because that's a fun thing, like, tying a celestial being down to terrestrial gods and mythology mm-hmm. that could be interesting so you want to offer a prayer to the river in order to 
get the strength to control yourself and not give in to these instincts that you don't necessarily trust or want to have. Yes. Travis draws um, his gun. <laughs> not every fight is a gunfight, and not every gunfight is a fight. <laughs> you, you've said fight so many times. Yeah, I, I, I think Gable is kind of awash in this chaos and is looking for anything to ground themselves right now. And there is, I think, part of the core of this, I think, is the relationship that Gable felt to their position before the fall. That frustration, because Gable realized that they were not satisfied with this life. And that caused them to do something very desperate and, and very reckless can you just give give us a slice, Liz, of what that feeling is, what, what that is like? Before the fall? Yeah, so it, it is, I think we saw you earlier in that flashback strike down the sovereign. What was Gable feeling when that, that caused them to swing their blade? It's sort of a turning point for a lot of celestial beings to find what you have been missing and the value of a mortal life. Mm. To be able to get touches of it and get so angry because you're cut off from the daily beauties of a mortal life, of the taste of fruit, the smell of flowers, things like that. And... Gable got that and felt the affection and a taste of human life and became so angry and furious that their kind was not able to access that because it seemed like a cruelty. So there is, so you, you are starting to lose yourself in this programming in these instincts you're taking in this information and part of your body is designed to act on it. But at the core of you, beneath all of that, that part of Gable, which is Gable, feels this intensity. Feels the value of the life that they have lived and can feel the connection to their friends, the very literal strands of magic that make up these relationships. And that core part of you strikes back against these feelings and reaches out for any power that can find you to help you break free. And you touch the river. The river washes over you and around you. You can feel its cool currents wearing away at the rage and the instinct and the clockwork design that the Sovereign gave you when it wrought you into being. And you feel yourself. And for a moment, it is peaceful. But somewhere at the core of you, you know 
that you are now in the river and you owe it its due. So, Gable, what happens in the outside world? You uttered help and you were fighting against these emotions and your friends rushed over to try and do what they could. And you said there's no rain? The rain, I think, is like slowing and stopping because the mariner was bringing that storm. (laughs) This is so cheesy. Yeah! Mm. There's a rainbow and it lands on them. Oh, oh. <laughs> I like that, oh. it lands on all three of us. <laughs> the last light of day peeks through the clouds over Nordia uh, because Nordia is set on these mountains. That the sun leaves the sky much sooner, but it is still bright even after the sun is gone. And what it leaves is this beautiful twilight rainbow against this blue sky that is starting to fade into the indigo of twilight. And there is a pleasant light in the air. All of the terror and violence that was wrapped up in the Mariner and wrapped up in Gable potentially fading into instinct washes away and leaves you with the first night of the rest of your lives. Tidings, my comrades, we've done it again. The dawn she is breaking, our pints at their end. By morning's cruel light must our sails ascend. Fly far from our families, lovers and friends. Our journey's forthcoming, we drank through the night. Sharing tales of our glories, our heartbreaks and plights. With a room full of laughter and our souls full of light, let us raise one more toast ere our vessels take flight. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. Stars fade to nothing, the sun starts its turn We know there's adventures and stories to earn So we part from this table where hearts ever burn As we leave with one promise, a hasty return
forest dwindles, an echoed refrain to those who won't weather the wind and the rain. Though our number may lessen, our memories remain as once more we'll gather to speak every lost name. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends near the rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind. Who know we can never deny the call of the sky. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind. Who know we can never deny the call of the sky. Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. I want to start things off by thanking everyone who contributed to the Skyjack's Call of the Sky Kickstarter. Thanks to you, we raised almost $46,000 to make our album, which is going to give you a killer record, reward all of the hardworking creatives who helped make it, and give the network plenty of resources to make this show even better. If you happen to miss the Kickstarter, don't worry, we will be releasing the album to the public once we've rolled it out to all of our backers. For now, though, you'll just have to hang tight. If you'd like to find out as soon as the record becomes available, please sign up for our mailing list over at bit.ly slash skyjackscrew. Before we get back in the sky, we've got some advertisements for you, and the first one comes to us from Dean Beckwith and the Bits Before Crits podcast. Bits Before Crits is an actual play podcast currently playing Magical Fury, a game based on magical girl anime like Sailor Moon and Madoka Magica. This season, it's the magical girls versus the magical gays, which pits an all-female party of high school girls against a series of queer male guest villains, led by a suspicious new teacher, Misogyny. Join them for lighthearted camp, ridiculous anime battles, girls being cute, badass, and confronting insurmountable odds with the power of friendship. Listen to Bits Before Crits' latest season, available wherever you get your podcasts. A huge thank you to the Bits Before Crits crew for sponsoring this week's episode. I hope the Magical Girl and Sentai fans in our audience go give it a listen. Next up, we have a advertisement from our own Liz Anderson, but she's elected to have her friend read it instead. Perry, take us away. Paired. Now reading. Show description for podcast Paired. Paired is a short-form comedy fiction podcast exploring guided meditations and musings from your digital assistant. Paired is a podcast that answers the question, what if Alexa weren't evil? Paired will debut its new season on September 25th, featuring guest stars such as Janet Varney, Philip Molina, Addison Peacock, Alex Flanagan, Sarah Shockey, and many more. Paired is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. End show description. Unpaired. Finally, before we get back to the show, I want to say thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Without your support, the show wouldn't have the incredible cast, music, and editing that makes Skyjack so special. If you'd like to be a part of that, please head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to become a supporter. Next week, our patrons are going to get treated to a bonus episode of Skyjack's Courier's Call, 
which follows June Hemnell, Braith, and Bobby Jean Cooper as they go on an adventure to Last Breath, a Red Feather stronghold. Everyone backing at $5 and more will get access to that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. We're still not out of Nordia. <laughs> no, I mean, but the rest of it is like bottle episode beer. stuff. Like there is, there is a festival right after this called Baganalia Two that I think we should probably just stick around for. <laughs> uh, 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 Baganalia One was uh, about red wine. Baganalia Two is primarily white wine. Yeah. White wine yeah. based. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> We're in the town square. Jonnet, I think we're with you. You feel exhausted, worn to the bone. You have been working extremely hard over these past couple of days. You know, not even just with this battle, but, you know, you rescued people from getting drowned earlier, basically taking every last bit of your endurance to do that. And then you went on to do a battle like this. So I I think like the weight of these past few days and the things that you have had to face down are hitting you, but it's hitting you as there is a crowd of excited people around you singing and laughing and adorning you with flowers as sunlight has cut through the clouds, rainbows are in the sky, and you feel the warmth of the sun on your skin. Uh, I think Jonnet is probably... Because, yeah, we've got... There's a fountain in the middle of the square. Mm-hmm. Jonnet has his boots kicked off and he's sticking his feet in the fountain and he's it's one of those things where he kind of just like throughout the course of the day people have been kind of patting him on the back he's like uh, great job and like oh thank you so much you, you save and he's trying to do his best do his pleasantries he at one point fixated on the fountain and it's just like I'm going to put my feet in that. And so he <laughs> has made his way up there. He's been there for probably a solid 40 minutes. And he's not really, every now and again, he'll he'll like look up at the sky. But he's kind of just looking at, ooh, is, is Sven still? Oh, yeah. Sven Axel okay. is there. Okay. For sure. Yeah, he's kind of just alternating between just like looking nowhere in particular and just looking at Sven and just kind of sifting his way through every now and again he'll reach into the water pull out a bit look at it he'll throw it back in the water uh and he's just kind of just decompressing 
Yeah, like I, I think you're going through this, like just feeling the you know cool touch of not cursed water on you, the relief of not having to be high intensity and high pressure for for just a short amount of time, but occasionally as your focus sort of swims in and out, you are confronted with the face of Sven Axel the face of death like literally staring down at you from this dried out bog mummy and what you don't notice is there are people around this fountain that at first you know people were unsure of what to do you know they they all want to offer their thanks or praise for the deeds that you've done but as you stepped into the fountain people weren't really sure how to interact with you so they have taken to having a procession of people just leave offerings to you by the fountain. I, I, I love this. And like, I also, I want Jonnet to not notice it at all until like, we're, we're like four offerings deep and he just looks over and there's like a, a very nice, like middle-aged woman who's just like, Placing down the Nordia equivalent of an edible arrangement, uh, <laughs> like at his feet, and he's like, "What do you do?" And she's like, "What do you do?" And then they just kind of look at each other, and then she just like, "Thank you so much," and just scurries away. And yeah, so- and I think as she scurries away, like we, the camera moves to give us a bird's eye view of the fountain, and we see the number of different offerings that have been laid out near the fountain it is just this beautiful rainbow of different gifts that the people of this place could bestow upon you there is a lot of earnest effort in there and like you know there are so many onlookers that are watching you with awe and amazement thank you for uh these offerings I and Janet realizes that he's still facing Sven and he's talking over his shoulder to all these people and so he kind of gets at, he picks his feet up out of the fountain he swings around he kind of shakes the water off he doesn't put him back in his boots but he just puts him on the ground and um please don't uh I I don't deserve these the, the rest of the crew do y- you all do please take this and 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 use it to build your strength back up and, and help rebuild. You've all have been through so much. All right. So I am going to give you a choice, Tyler. You can either roll for a leadership to see how your words have been interpreted, or we can pull a luminary to see. Basically, you know, you, you're trying to be like, to trying to explain to these people like, hey, you got to keep your stuff. You've just been through a lot. But because people are seeing you as a prophet right now, they could very easily twist what you're about to say into, (laughs) you know, some kind of benediction or another. I will roll for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would love to take a a purple die or some kind of a black die because John is just so, so tired. And, or something like that. Excellent. I like yeah, I, I think this is a leadership role. It is a hard check um, because what we're really checking to do is is make sure that despite all of the you know 
uh, warped perceptions that people have, they still do the right thing for themselves. And yeah, take that black die for just, it's been a day. Doozy of a day. Okay. All right. Hey, look at that. That is going to be one failure, two threats. No, sorry. Three threats and one triumph. Oh. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. So you, with the failure and the threat, I think that is you, these people... They, they still want to do something for you. They're going to insist on that. I think the threat is that whatever is happening, whatever they receive out of this, it, they are not going to uh, stop thinking of you as a prophet. Like this is going to play into their prophet narrative. But I want to hear, is there an idea that you had for the triumph? Or maybe just... Something along the lines of, like, you all need to save your strength, build yourself back up, and build yourself up stronger. The traditions of Nordia are so powerful that even the Mariner couldn't uh, stand up to them, but that doesn't mean he's not a threat. And that doesn't mean that he has forgotten about you. He could be back. And if he comes back on a time that's not during Boganalia... I don't know what that means for you. And yeah. <laughs> and with you saying that, kind of like maybe cutting you off or, or drowning you out a little bit, Adrian steps forward. Listen, all of you, this is the voice of the slain God speaking to you. And he has sorry, joyous what? news. Huh? This is not the slain god calling for sacrifices or punishments. This is the slain god bringing a new message that it is our duty to build ourselves back up. We were able to repel this attack because someone showed us the way of defending ourselves. What happened when the mariner threatened our shores? We stood together and we built barricades. We scraped the Skmalik off the hull of that ship, and it rose into the air and struck the mariner down when he was at his strongest. This child has shown us the way, and the way is to care for ourselves and each other. So, Jonnet, what I'm giving to you is people are still acting as though they have to do what you say and honor you and that people still think you're a prophet. But the triumph is the message that they're interpreting out of all of that is that they have to care for themselves and stop punishing themselves. Yeah. So <laughs> um, yeah, you kind of get what you, what you need out of that. Uh John, he he goes to to correct Adrian. He heavy sighs and then he like resignedly like grabs a big old piece of like chocolate covered pineapple from the edible arrangement and just takes a big old <laughs> bite out of it. <laughs> I would like to cut over to Gable. Gable, where are you? You have been through. A lot of complicated stuff 
uh, during this fight, you flashed back to one of the most traumatic and significant things that you ever did. And you really have to sit with and reckon with that truth. Later on in that fight, you had to head on, take on one of the most complicated relationships that you've ever had. And resolving that in a way was a necessary thing for your survival. It's also been a day for you. Uh, yeah, we've been sort of speed running Gable's whole deal, huh? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. So the ships are like back at port, right? Yes, yes. So what Gable has done while all the revelry is happening, they've waited out into the water about waist deep to take a look at the Uhuru just to make sure, okay, has there been any damage? Do we have all the smolic off? No one's really paying attention. I might as well. So they're sort of sitting in the water. It's warm. They're by themselves and taking a moment to themselves. And then all of a sudden they hear a little splash and a tug at their arm. And it's a little child with big Nordian eyes and just uh, uh, surrounded by other small children. And they're all looking up at Gable. And then one of them says, throw. Uh-huh. So Gable looks down and then picks up one of the kids and just tosses them deeper into the water. <laughs> and that's what they're doing. They're throwing babies. They're having a good time. <laughs> what what a thing to just assume someone would <laughs> I think I think kids do that all the time. Like yeah. whenever they're in the pool, like, throw me! Throw me! Uh, Alright, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like playing in puddles after rainstorms is basically what kids on Sphere get. So <laughs> like, yeah, you got to find the biggest, tallest person you can and get them to throw you because you only get so many shots at this. No. <laughs> so that's what Gable's doing. They're just spending the afternoon being half a lifeguard and half a throwing machine for babies. <laughs> <laughs> Do people have like swimming pools? Uh, You know, I think they would be a rare luxury or something culturally important to a particular area. Because essentially, like, water right after it rains, like, that water has just been in the sky. So it hasn't really been tainted by, like, the curse uh, that water on land or in the sea has. So the closer you get to water in the sky, the more unburdened by like all of the the baggage and, and terrible imagery of of earth you get. So if there was a place that's like, yeah, we use catchment for for bathing and and swimming, like that's their prerogative. Or if there was a place that's like, well, we've always had this hot spring and this hot spring is like culturally been very important to us so like we take care and maintain that water like you'd get that there but like for the most part people probably don't really swim Hmm. that's fun it is fun (laughs) (laughs) johnny 
Yeah. I want to know where Travis is. I think sort of knowing that their time here has come to an end, I think that he is maybe walking with Margaret to the temple where they met. Just kind of like going on a stroll. You are extremely sentimental. Me? Do you not think of yourself that way? I often think of myself, but rarely do I think of myself in that way. I have known you for a very short amount of time, but we have ended up coming here many, many times together. It's become our special place. And I can tell you, that's not my direction. That's yours. Well, I know that I'm going to be leaving soon. So I thought if I brought you here, it would be the best way to ensure that you don't get lost once I'm gone. You know, bringing you back hmm. where where we met. Oh, I wasn't aware that you're going to break tradition. Hmm? You do know what traditionally you must do with a black lily after your business engagement has completed. Yeah, pay you, Especially I know. if you are an airinner. Besides paying you? Yes, besides paying me. Uh, no, I thought that that was sort of it. Maybe I would get a receipt in case, you know, the hand was defective or something. I could have a proof of purchase and, and a warranty or... Mm. Well... Then I suppose I must inform you that traditionally you are to offer the lily a ride to another place. You do have a ship and you do have a position on your ship that would allow you to take passengers aboard. Do you not? Oh, yeah. I mean, there is sort of a strict audition process, but I think I could um, fast track you. Then I will offer you the opportunity to keep with tradition before I list my prices. Uh, well, sure. Would you like? Uh, would you like a ride somewhere? And do you validate parking? <laughs> with that, Margaret takes your hand and you know looks into your eyes with her own, and they are bright and sparkling despite all of the things that she has been through. Like she took a really bad hit that sent her, you know, smashing through a door. She probably has, you know, some broken bones unless she has used magic that you don't understand to heal them. But despite all the injuries and, and world weary tiredness that she has, like there is just a, a joy and, and brightness beneath all of that. The sun is setting in the sky. And, you know, we can see through the clouds the warm purples and oranges that fill up the sky during sunset. And that fading light is captured in Margaret's eyes, casting her face in this beautiful silhouette that is full of bright and gorgeous colors. Despite the world weariness and 
injury and, and tiredness that she feels after this long affair with the battle against the Mariner. She bears that bright beauty that reminds you of things that you have lost and stings a little bit, though after the trials you've faced, that sting is less painful than it used to be. She looks into your eyes and says, I accept your offer, Mr. Matigo. Oh, well, wonderful. Uh, pack, pack your bags. I tend to move lightly and carry everything I need with me, so it, that shouldn't be an issue. But we should discuss your payment. Mm-hmm. It is also traditional that a lily be paid with three things, three things of real value. And Mr. Matigo, although I have some affection for you, as I have affection for all of the customers I decide to take on, I will let you know that the services I have rendered uh, carried quite a bit of personal risk. And some of the prices that you'll have to pay will be quite steep. Oh, I bet you say that to all the broken things. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're amenable to this. Uh, she says, like, bowing slightly uh, at the entrance of the shrine to the luminaries to let you inside. Once again in here, there is that quality of stillness and warmth, as though all of the trials that this place has brought you don't walk through that threshold. There is a serenity and a peace here. Before I begin naming my prices, I am curious. Why is it that you find yourself drawn to the luminaries? I should think that a man who's lived your life has suffered more at their hands than almost any other. When you look out at the world, at the universe and the chaos that it provides, it's Travis takes out his deck mm-hmm. and he starts to um, just sort of play with them while he talks. When you look out at the world and you see the chaos that it provides day in and day out, What's well, like shuffling a deck? And he continues to shuffle. But there is a sort of comfort in knowing that behind that chaos, there is a sense of order, and he draws one card. Excellent. Do you want that to be a specific card or a random? No, I want to, I want to know what it is. Yeah. Uh, Love that. Oh. <sighs> I'm I'm gonna draw a random card here. Johnny? <laughs> Is it it can't it can't be. Ow. <laughs> the fuck out of here. Uh, fuck. For the fans listening along at home, uh, I drew a random card from my deck of luminaries, and it was the Forest Queen. What the fuck? Uh, Is Travis <laughs> about to die? Like, what? That's too perfect. He has to. <laughs> we have to kill uh, him now. 
Um, this whole thing, he has just like a, a, a an arrhythmia and it's just dead. <laughs> just, just, just got a, a murmur. I think, wow, a cold breeze rolls through this shrine to the luminaries. Um, and like, you know, both of you feel a chill as the forest queen is pulled from Travis's deck. I suppose I can see I can see with all the chaos in the world there being some comfort in knowing that there are some rock solid certainties. It must provide a comfort to you even if it is a dark comfort. But now is not the time for darkness. Now is a time for celebration and joy because I am about to be paid. <laughs> so the first thing that I am going to request from you is three of your days and three of your nights. And yes, that is one thing. Okay. Is that in addition to the three days and nights that we just, you know, did? <sighs> Uh, well, that was all one day, if you'll recall that that was our spell. Uh, and not to offend you, but I don't intend to spend those three days or nights around you. I'll be taking those three days and nights from you. What you will find is if I ever need it, I will be able to call on those days and nights. And when you might normally find yourself a raven or a coyote, you will not be because it will be mine instead. And it will also mean that should I ever need it, there may be three days or three nights where you will need to have the face and form of Travis Matigo and you will not find it because it will be mine instead. This is not something that I request from everyone, but you, more so than almost anyone else I have done services for, can afford to offer these without a great interruption to your life. What's, uh, what's one more debt? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you feel that way, because that's just the first. Which brings us to the next, and that is, I will be placing you in my debt. Services that I have rendered to you have been extraordinarily difficult for me to perform and required me to put my life on the line more than once. That's not a problem per se, apart from the fact that I cannot think of exactly what you'll need to do to pay me back for that right now, which means I will require a favor from you. In fact, I will require three favors from you. I will call upon you, and you will have to fulfill those favors. Oh, oh! you're looking at me like I have a choice, but I understand <laughs> that I don't, so continue. Uh, you can reject anything that I ask from you, I will just have to ask something else. Uh, it is possible to reject everything that I place before you, in which case I will be forced to take instead 
I don't want to put either of us in that position. And I imagine uh, you don't want to put either of us in that position. Lilies are not in the habit of taking. And we regret it very fiercely when we have to do it. But if you would not like to perform three favors, you can speak that. I am mostly explaining these things and what they will entail so you understand what you are agreeing to. Travis uh, raises his hand but has one finger bent and goes, <laughs> What have you? Uh, I'm just kidding. Go on. <laughs> there's, there's, there's one guy in the in the cavern who's just like been in the bags. <laughs> oh, that's Travis. Oh, man. <laughs> And then he just. <laughs> then he just Travis's fanboy. Is he yeah, a janitor? Yeah, yeah. You look like you're sweeping. I, w- I, I was like, I was going to make him a janitor, but I'm like, nah. <laughs> I was going to have him just sweep I, salt, but I was like, eh, fuck it. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that it is some very gossipy crew members have like snuck out to spy on Travis. Yes. And are kind of like looking through the window. Oh, that my sounded God. a little bit like Baritone Barry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just want to know his deal. <laughs> just big old bear toe berry hiding behind like a, a tiny old stalactite. <laughs> <laughs> which brings us to the last one, which is very difficult because it will be the steepest of all prices to pay. And I have spent a lot of time thinking about this, Matico. I decided to charge you for days and nights because it is something that could be very powerful and you could afford it. There are many occasions where I think wearing your face or moving in the form of an animal would be useful to me. And I decided to call upon you for favors because you are a long-lived man who manages to get out of many perilous scrapes. So I believe I will be able to collect on those favors at a future date. I am charging you the next because I think it will be of a power that will provide a significant and reasonable coverage of the cost. You see, I have faced danger for you, and I have healed you. So I've offered you things that all of the things we have discussed thus far have made up for. However, the last thing that I have done for you is I have set you on a course that will allow you to live a better and richer life. Ultimately, it will be your decision and your action that will lead you to actually live that better life. But that is an incredible debt for you to bear, which is why I am going to ask for you to offer me a skill or a talent. Uh, what it, what it, what does this mean? Well, if there is something you are particularly good at, you could offer it to me, and I will become good at that thing when I need to be good at that thing. And when I am good at that thing, you will not be. 
Hmm. Much like when I bear the face of a rabbit, you will not be able to bear that face because it will be my face. If I use this skill or use this talent, it will not be yours. If only there was one thing I was good at. <laughs> um, <laughs> Travis reaches into his pocket and hands her her watch. Uh, perhaps this will come in handy. Ooh, my my. <laughs> I will say, I didn't notice. Which means that is a very rare and well-developed talent indeed, and would most certainly balance our debts. So then, Matico, if those debts are acceptable to you, as I find them acceptable, we must seal our agreement with a kiss. You know, I have a lot of cash. <laughs> Trust me, Madigo. There isn't enough cash in the world. <laughs> uh, then Travis leans in for a kiss. And it is sweet and it is good. Very much like the last day of summer. This show's awesome. good. It's a good it's show. It's a good one. Yeah. I think it's cool. Mm. <laughs> it's a cool show for kids. <laughs> a cool oh. show potentially for kids 9 to 14 or, or teenagers. We keep more of it and it's for teens. <laughs> teens to mid 30s. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Like Asians Represent. Asians Represent celebrates Asian creators and diversity in the gaming community. Join hosts Agatha Chang and Daniel Kwan as they discuss gaming, genre, and representation with their guests and occasionally argue with each other about the sound of Agatha's beloved Airhorn app. Jonet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. 
Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who could be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y. Or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. <laughs>